Good evening and thank you for joining us again. Um, it's just good to be able to share what we're going to share this evening with you. I'm really excited about it, um, but before we get into what we're going to do, just want to give a, a few words of thanks to those who are um, continuing to, to share the gospel and continuing to study the Bible with one another. It's so much a blessing to hear your testimonies of that, to be able to see what God is doing, um, the doors that God is opening, uh, especially as what's going on continues to go on. So we're just so thankful for for how God is using you. That's what we're praying for. Um, uh, it's just a, a real blessing, really. The, our, our facility might be empty, but our people are out. And so even though uh, you might not be as out as you want to be, <laughs> you feel like you're confined, um, you're still having an impact in our community. So thank you so much. And I continue to pray for each other. Uh, that God would give uh, uh, not just open doors, but a certain level of divine creativity in being able to reach people that we know and being able to encourage the people that we do know with the gospel. Um, that could be within our own church family, bringing people to mind. Uh, that could also be within our friends and relatives that don't know Christ. Uh, so just thank you so much. Also just want to thank you all, uh, those of you who've uh, been able to participate in our Zoom Bible studies and the... Um, uh, the Wednesday evening Bible studies as well, and Sunday schools. Uh, there was even a Zoom men's prayer breakfast yesterday. Um, it's hard to do food over TV, but uh, and you can't complain about the food either. Those of you who go to the the, the Zoom uh, men's prayer breakfast, either not that you would. Josh Hart Tramp does a, a fantastic job with that. But um, just all the different ways that we're trying to make the best of worst situation, really. Um, that you're you're taking advantage of that. Uh, it's not the same as being together, flesh and blood. But it's something, and uh, God's given us the opportunity to be able to, to, to do that. And so thank you for taking advantage of it. really want to encourage you to go on our website. If what you're hearing is somewhat unfamiliar, uh, go on our website, and once you log into our website up at the top, uh, there's a little bar that you can click on, and it gives all of the lists of the, uh, it gives a list of all of the Bible studies that we're going, that, that we're able to host through Zoom that you can connect with. Uh, and there's almost one every single day. So um, it's not every day, but almost every day. And so we're just thankful for that. Thank you for your participating. Thanks much for Nick Bear and, and uh, those who are doing the moving magic, as it were, with, with uh, what we're able to do. So, um, so what can you expect for this evening? Well, the past several Sunday evenings, we've had a time where I've shared the word. But today, we're going to have the opportunity for our elders and deacons to be able to share uh, the word with you. So this past Monday at the, the, the parade for Joe Jackson, I was uh, there and, and I was kind of traffic uh, director. I got to stand out with an umbrella and a, um, a poorly fitting bright vest to make sure that people knew where they were going. Um, all that to say, as people were driving by, I got to see their faces and I got to talk to them through their windows. And I cannot tell you how much of a blessing that was. I felt like, you know, standing in the rain, 45 degrees, I couldn't, I wouldn't have rather been anywhere else on the planet just to be able to, to see you all and to be able to interact. And so thinking about this evening um, and really thinking about uh, being able to see one another, I uh, wanted to give the opportunity to our elders and deacons uh, to share a little of what Christ has put on their heart. So what I did, or what we did, I should say, is this past week, 
put uh, an invitation out there to our elders and deacons to send in about a minute to a minute and a half video of who they are and then just uh, sharing a passage of scripture about Christ's saving work and or about his sanctifying work and why uh, you're thankful, why they're thankful for what he's done in their lives. And so we have a number of videos that we're going to be showing this evening. Um, they're from, again, like I said, our elders and deacons. And I hope that it, they'll be a blessing to you, not only to just see their faces, hear their voices, but also to, to see what, what God is doing in them, showing them through the word as we look at this week, uh, the week where we think of Christ's death and his resurrection. And uh, uh, it's a blessing to see the work that God has done in the lives of the people that you're about to see. So what we'll do, we'll have a few of those videos now. Then after that, we're going to take a, a short break and have a song and we'll sing. And then we'll do a few more videos. And then we'll have a devotional from Pastor Steve Sindelar. He's recorded a devotional for us. And so uh, we'll finish up with that and then have one more song. Uh, it wouldn't be Palm Sunday. It wouldn't be Easter without singing Hallelujah, What a Savior. So we'll finish uh, by singing that. But let's, uh, at this time, we'll rejoice with what God's doing in the lives of our elders and deacons. And uh, we'll watch those videos now. Good morning, church family. This is Jamie Knudsen, and uh, we miss you guys, and we look forward to being together again sometime soon, I hope. Um, thought I'd share a little bit about what our family has been doing. We've been reading through the book of John together, and especially chapters 14 through 16 have been an encouragement to us. That starts in the upper room, and the disciples' hearts are troubled, and Jesus is speaking to them very uh, lovingly and um, giving them reasons um, why their hearts can be uh, at peace in spite of difficult times that would come for them and we know that we've been told difficult things are going to be coming here perhaps in the next couple weeks but there's a verse in chapter 16 that to me I think is the climax of what Jesus is telling them and Verse 27 says, For the Father himself loves you. And Jesus is telling them that in the context of encouraging them to pray. They can go directly to the Father and pray. For the Father himself loves you. And while that might not sound very profound to us, that God loves us, we've heard that a lot as Christians, it should, should be profound. It was profound to their ears that the Father loves them. And the next thing Jesus does is do exactly that. He goes to the Father and prays, and he prays for them, and they hear him pray for them. And that must have been a great encouragement. So spend time in John in the Gospels. Run to Christ. That's what I would recommend for all of us. Hello, everyone. I'm Nick Petro. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. This verse in its context is meant to encourage believers to fix their faith upon Jesus as they saw their local leadership come and go, most likely due to them passing away. In a somewhat more general sense, this verse has been a settling and sanctifying influence in my life due to the almost constantly changing events that are outside my ability to affect. Each and every biblical law, precept, principle, every promise and personal characteristic of Jesus serves to refocus my waning attention and confidence back to Him 
my immutable Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I am so very grateful to him for that. Thank you. Hello, church family. Ben Richard here. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. What a tremendous thought that is. When it comes to spiritual blessings, we are simply not lacking. We might lack finances. We might lack physical health or strength. We might lack what seems to be a, an ideal job or career situation. But when it comes to spiritual blessings, we simply have no lack. Our Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And it is our job, our responsibility as believers to glory in that reality, to give praise and thanks to our Savior for what he has done for us. Hello, this is Eric, Patsy, and Seth Hickson. We're glad that we can connect virtually and wanted to share a verse that's uh, been important to us. It's Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're just grateful for what Christ has done, authoring that and the promise that he's given us and uh, looking forward to when we can see each other again in person. Love you guys and miss our church family. Stay safe and healthy. Bye. Hey, Grace Church and Matter family, this is Matt Albright. Uh, I was encouraged in the word this week by Isaiah chapter 40. In the middle of that chapter, Isaiah pens some pretty radical descriptions on the size and the grandeur and the difference between God and us and why it was there. And I, I said, why? Do you want to know how big God is? I said, he can hold all the water of the whole earth in the hollow of his hands. And why it's like, he's that big? Yeah, he's that big. Um, it's just encouraging to see that God's in control. He can measure the dust. He puts the mountains on scales. He has the capacity to rule the whole earth and all the galaxies with no effort at all. And something that's helped me kind of see that, I like to watch Planet Earth, Planet Earth 2, Oceans. There's a one on Netflix right now called Mountains. And if you can see the creative majesty of God and his ability to orchestrate and control through all circumstances with little effort, even circumstances like this. So he's bigger than the stock market. He's bigger than the economy. He's certainly bigger than this. And it's great to see kids respond in such an imaginative way when they can just say, yes, God is so big. He is. And he's going to get us through this. We love you. Hi, we're Ron and Jan Hart. We'd like to share with you two incredible Easter verses. Luke 23, verses 39 to 43. Two criminals were crucified alongside Jesus. One mocked Jesus. The other one recognized his own guilt and the innocence of Jesus. He cried out to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Think of that. Jesus was dying right alongside him. Mm -hmm. Everyone around him was in shock and disbelief. And yet this criminal recognized his own guilt and he recognized who Jesus really is. He knew this wasn't the end of the road. Jesus' response is also amazing. In verse 43, he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Wow, imagine how that criminal felt at that point. 
Wow, and that's our glorious hope and joy. Guilty and yet forgiven with the promise of eternity with Jesus in paradise. Amen. I don't know about you, I feel like I took a drink from a fire hose just as much as what was shared, and uh, man, it's just good to hear their voices, but what God uh, is showing them through the Word and what we're able to um, just really rejoice with. So, uh, super thankful, and we'll have some more testimonies in just a moment. But for now, we're going to sing. So, this is a song that uh, focuses on Christ's death. It's called, My Jesus Fair. Um, you'll be able to see the words and sing uh, with, it, with it as well. So we encourage you to sing along. My Jesus fair, O love divine, O matchless grace, that Christ should die for men. With joyful grief I lift my praise, abhorring my sin, but adoring only him. So we rejoice in that truth. Jesus, meek, was scorned by me. 
everyone. Miss you guys. I just wanted to consider a few thoughts on the, the importance, the centrality of the resurrection, considering Romans 6. Uh, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too a new life. There's a lot of things going on here, theologically. Uh, but for our purposes in verse 4, Paul centralizes the resurrection here. Um, he grounds it in this idea of... of uh, being dead to sin. We're buried with him. Well, why? Why are we buried with him? Well, so we might have new life. Uh, that's really the, the central focus here. So the idea is that, that Jesus could have lived a perfect life, he could have died on the cross, but if he wasn't raised again, then we would have no new life. We would not be regenerated. And Paul takes it even further and ties the glory of the Father to this idea of the resurrection. So the same power and the same glory that resurrected Jesus Christ is the same glory and power that we have that has been uh, attached to our new life regeneration and, and being born again. And, and then not only that, but just the power as we go forward in our Christian walk to, to die to sin uh, each day and to live to be more like Christ. That's that same power and glory, and it's all attached to the resurrection. What a, what a powerful, uh, powerful thing the resurrection is, and just how central it, it ought to be uh, in our lives. We're the dads, Harry and Lynn. We have found out that in these new circumstances with this COVID-19 virus, many people are fearful. Only the Lord knows how it started. And in thinking about our new reality, Genesis 50:20 comes to our mind. It says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Lynn, can you see eternal good coming from this pandemic? I have already seen good coming from this pandemic because people are more open to talking about the Lord and people are being saved. A lot of people who trusted in things that are untrustworthy are losing that those things. But hope is only in the risen Christ. We are faced with wonderful opportunities. However, they're surrounded by this big problem. We Let's get past the problem and to the opportunity opportunities that the Lord is bringing. Pray and look for how the Lord is going to use this pandemic for good. Let's be sowers of good news and point fearful people to the only one who can provide hope and peace even in the midst of a pandemic storm. Church of Manor, Chris Wozleski here with my son Phoenix. A verse that has been helpful for us during this time has been 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In all things give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. 
it's very easy to complain when things change in our lives and look at the look at the negative but this verse always points me back to just hey i need to be thankful and what can i be thankful for i mean if it's really nothing else is that hey uh jesus died for me and i am going to heaven and not hell and that is just an incredible truth and something always to meditate on um also in that last part of the verse this is the will of god for you to me that's a non-negotiable uh, i need to be thankful all the time and for every situation and that verse just always kind of just smacks me back into reality and think about the positive of any situation so been very helpful for me and my family and hopefully it is helpful for uh, everyone else we miss you guys and look forward to seeing you soon and hope everyone stays healthy we'll see you later hi we are bob and linda gray and the verses we'd like to share with you this morning are first peter 1 3 and 4 blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. God the Father is great to us because no matter what is going on around us today, we have a sure hope in the reality that eternal life awaits us as believers through nothing that we have done. We are also thankful for what he has done for us through his great love and mercy, providing us a redeemer to die for us that is alive today and lives in us. So the end of Colossians 3.16 says to sing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So uh, sing some of those songs of hope, um, spiritual songs, hymns, and it'll put a smile on your face. We miss you. I can't wait till we can um, worship again together with you. Love you all and look forward to worshiping with you soon. God bless you. This is Les Yeager. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the, the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And those he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these who he justified, he also glorified. Basically, that's telling us that once we accept Christ, we have the glorification and know, knowledge that we will become one with him in the last days. It's such a blessing to know that he chose me from the beginning of time to be predestined to be one of his children. And that's just a glorifying and, and sobering thought, knowing that He's known me for eternity past that I've become one of his sons. Hello, my name is Dan Gray. I uh, hope you all are doing well uh, in such an odd time. Um, I just want to share something with you um, that's been helping me, something I've just been trying to focus on um, each day as this thing gets odder and odder. Um, well, uh, the, the verse I want to share is Matthew uh, 6.34. It says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Um, I once heard um, a pastor speak on this, um, and um, he talked about the joy 
that this should bring us, um, that God is in control and he knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, but the joy that that brings to us, because if we knew what would happen tomorrow, that would strip us of the joy that we have, um, even for today. Um, and in uncertain times when we don't know what's going to happen the next minute, let alone tomorrow, we can rest in that truth, um, that God's in control, um, and we don't have to worry about anything, um, and he knows what will happen tomorrow, and he knows what anything will um, come to an end, whatever trial we're going through. Um, so just try to focus on that. That's where I've been. Um, I miss you all, love you all, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. What a blessing the Word of God is as we read it, as we hear it, as we fellowship together over it, and the testimonies of what God is doing in our hearts. I'm so thankful for those encouragements. And as we consider for a brief time the Word of God, take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 14. Today marks the beginning of Palm Sunday, or it is Palm Sunday, and the beginning of Passion Week. It's the week leading up to Jesus's a crucifixion to his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And no doubt it was a week that was tremendously scary, uncertain, fearful for his disciples who were following him. In fact, we understand this to be the case because in John chapter 14, we have the beginning of Jesus' farewell discourse. It runs through John chapter 16. In the very first words of John chapter 14, Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled. And the truth of the matter is, is that what the disciples were going through caused their hearts to be troubled. The fact that the world was all at once rejecting Jesus together, that they were looking in hostile ways to remove the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the very man who claimed to be God. And it seemed like the pieces were falling together, at least from the disciples' vantage point at the time, that, that Jesus was in real danger, the Son of God. And so their hearts were troubled. It was uncertain. It was frustrating. It was fearful. It was scary. And it is not unlike the realities of us today. And I think that's why Jesus has such a loud echo here for us in John chapter 14. So turn there in verse 1, and as we already read, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. A few interesting points as Jesus begins this farewell discourse. First, Jesus knew their hearts were troubled. He knew what was going on in their minds, and Jesus knows Today, he knows the fears, the frustrations, the anxieties, the separation anxiety that we face and are working through. But Jesus also indicates that a troubled heart is not an inevitable disposition. In other words, we have a choice as believers. We don't have to remain troubled. We don't have to be burdened by the, the situation about the hour that comes. We have a choice. We can put our trust and our hope and our confidence 
in Jesus who will make our heart happy, in Jesus who will make our heart joyful, in Jesus who will make our heart at peace. And so Jesus tells us that our heart is not inevitably troublesome or prone to trouble, maybe is a better way to phrase it. So he starts the discourse in John chapter 14 and verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. And he ends the discourse in John chapter 16, verse 33. Look there with me. He says, I have said these things to you, that in, my, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, there couldn't be a, more of a contrast between someone who's in Jesus and someone who's in the world. In me, in Jesus, you have peace. In the world, you have distress, you have tribulation, you have despair. But it seems clear to me here that the option is not an either or. The option isn't you're either in Jesus or you're in the world. For a believer, the reality is true that we are in Jesus Christ, but we also exist in the world that has tribulation, that has despair, that has fear, that has anxiety, that has uncertainty about it. And so it's not an either or choice, but rather for those who are in Christ, despite the tribulation that is in the world, the anguish, the distress, Jesus, look at verse 33, Jesus has overcome the world. He has overcome the world. And how has he done that? I, I immediately went back to John chapter 12, where Jesus glorifies the Father through his cross work. And there it says that Jesus has overcome the world because he has been lifted up on the cross. And how has he been lifted up on the cross? Well, certainly John has in mind that he physically was nailed to the cross and the cross was physically lifted up for all to see and for Jesus to suffer. That certainly is true. But John uses several times in his gospel this phrase, Jesus was lifted up, to also denote the reality that Jesus is Lord, that he is King of Kings, it is the Philippians 2 reality. That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So he, came, he overcame the world, my friends. And because of that, if we are in him, so too have we overcome the world, its distresses, its troubles. And so like, like the disciples who went through a week of uncertainty and then even after Jesus' burial and resurrection, uh, uh, hiding away for a while, and Jesus still had to appear to Peter and to some of his disciples on the Sea of Galilee, and 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 we understand that our our hearts are prone to 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 soak in the trouble of this life, but Jesus says we don't have to soak that in. We have Jesus, and He is the opposite of trouble. He is help. He is happiness. He is hope. And he, in verse 33, is peace. So this discourse begins with a beautiful set of words to a troubled group of men. 
let not your hearts be troubled. And it ends with Jesus saying, you have peace. Though you're in the world, though you're in a world full of tribulation, you have peace. Take heart, Christian. You have overcome the world in Jesus. And so if you were to take John chapter 14, verse 1, all the way to John chapter 16 and verse 33, and look through how Jesus gives example after example and truth after truth of just how it is that we have we have overcome the world in Jesus Christ. All the resources at our disposal to have a peaceful heart in the midst of chaos, in the midst of distress. Jesus gives one such example in John chapter 16 and verse 7. And this is the only one we're going to look at. And it's going to be in very brief. And then I'm done. Look there with me. John chapter 16 verse 7. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus talking, right? For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. And so one such advantage that Jesus gives, one, one nugget of hope, one, one morsel of truth to hang our, our, our hat on for peace is that Jesus leaves, but he doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't leave us hopeless or helpless. In fact, he gives us the helper. And the helper now comes, and, and what is this, this great advantage that we have? Look at verse 12. The helper, he says of the helper, I still have many things to say to you. In other words, his words are not complete. But you cannot bear them now. It's, it's like trying to, to, to tell a three-year-old, sorry for the silly illustration, but it's like trying to tell a three-year-old about the birds and the bees. There's, there's no reason to go beyond the fact that birds fly and bees buzz at that point in their life. And so there was a lot that, that the disciples couldn't bear. Verse 13, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but what, whatever he he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you and the things that are to come, he will glorify me. See this, the father, the father sends the son, and the son, the father and the son send the spirit, and the spirit has a very significant ministry. And, and outside of regeneration, he has the ministry of, of fulfilling the rest of the word of Christ to us, and and then to guide us in it, and and to continue to to knock in our hearts on it and, and with it, and, and to say, Steve. Don't let your heart be troubled. This is not it. This is, there's more to come. You have Jesus. You have his word. And so, just one quick example that Jesus gives that we have an advantage because of his departure. He hasn't left us alone. He's given us the helper. The helper who will minister the word to us. And consider this tonight. When Jesus said these words, there were less Christians on the face of the planet than there are listening to the sound of my voice right now. Has Jesus shown to us that there is a tremendous advantage 
to what he, how he cares for his own. And so it's a blessing. It's a blessing to have these words echo to us now and for us to consider the, the week of passion before us and, and the fear and the dread, but to know that we don't have to let our hearts be troubled and that Jesus comes giving us peace overcoming the world. Let's pray together. Our Father, we're so thankful, really, for the tremendous truth, the teaching that is bound up in John chapter 14 through 16. And then even as we look beyond the farewell discourse, Jesus turns in John chapter 17 and he prays, and he prays for us that we would overcome the world, that, that, we would be, uh, that, he, that we would glorify you in all that we do. He prays for our edification, for our strength. And he prays for us today. And so thank you. Thank you that we don't live prone to our hearts being troubled no matter the news that hits our doorstep. And we are so thankful. We are so thankful for the ministry of the Father loving us, sending the Son, and the Father and Son together sending the Spirit. And so, Father, Son, and Spirit, we thank you. We love you. And we can't f wait to, to see you, just like we can't wait to see each other, the church that you've given to us. And so we pray that you would protect us, that you would grow us, and that you would allow us to be bold witnesses for your namesake. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. And now... We'll move on to one final song that Pastor Mike will lead, and that's Hallelujah, What a Savior. <laughs>